everyone. Welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. This is episode 233, entitled Switch OLED versus Steam Deck. We're going to be talking all about these new systems that were announced uh, this last week and uh, kind of pit them up against each other and uh, kind of have a little discussion around uh, these two new systems. It's not every day we get two new consoles. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of other Nintendo related news tonight uh we've got a, a game review that's coming your way and a bunch of other great stuff uh including some giveaways for play nyc 2021 but before we jump into any of that it's time for introductions because maybe you're brand new to the podcast uh maybe this is the first time you've been checking in i know we got a lot of people in the chat tonight uh ready and willing and uh, to can jump in the conversation but also hoping that their name is announced when we give away these uh, these tickets a little bit later. So uh, say hello, everybody in the chat. Thanks so much for joining us. But uh, but yeah, introductions. My name is Steve. Um, and of course, I am not alone here. I am joined by Barry and Greg. Uh, Barry, how's it going, man? Hey, everybody. Uh, busy. <laughs> busy. <laughs> I've not had moments rest for the past few days. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's been, uh, been kind of crazy for me, too. It's been... Uh, been uh it's been a couple weeks um very very busy weeks as well uh greg have, have you also been busy or has it been pretty pretty low-key the last couple weeks it's been super busy i had a couple late nights at work so it was not very fun at all so yeah it's been super busy everything going around so wow are you back in the actual office now or are you still working from home Still working from home. We don't have a, an official office space right now. They're hoping to have one set up for around Labor Day time. So oh, wow, wow. Uh, again, hello to everybody in the chat. Uh, we've got Natalie Escobar's in there. Kevin Wallace is in there. Um, I'm sure Jake's. Yep, Jakester's there as well. He's always there, uh, and several others that I, I see numbers, but uh, no one said hi yet. So be sure to say hi. And anything we talk about tonight, uh, we'd love to know what your thoughts are. So we're going to talk uh, in just a little bit what we've been playing. We want to know what you've been playing. Uh, we're going to talk about these new consoles. Uh, let us know your thoughts about them as well. And anything else that we discuss, throw it in the chat. And we're going to be referring to that as often as we can uh, throughout the entire uh throughout the entire podcast. Um, also, uh, we don't talk about this a whole lot, but um, we do have our, our Twitter handles there at the bottom. If you're watching live on uh, on YouTube, you can follow us on Twitter. And uh, also, we'd love for you to follow just Nintendo Fuse on Twitter as well. We're at Nintendo Fuse on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's where to find us. And of course, we do have our Discord as well. So if you haven't followed us on Discord, um, join our channel there to join the conversation in between episodes and uh, and everything else. We'd love for you to join. All those links are in the show notes, the podcast uh, show notes, and also the YouTube description. We would love to have you uh, join us on all of those different platforms, connect with us. Uh, we're also recording this on July 20th, 2021. Just uh, for those of you that are kind of maybe jumping in later, you just found it randomly and you're like, when did they actually record this? We're recording on July 20th, 2021. Uh, we normally do record this uh, podcast every other week. We had to take an extra week off since the last episode. Uh, so um, 
a lot of cool stuff's happened in the last couple weeks, uh, the last three weeks, and uh, we're going to get into that. Uh, like I said, we have some giveaway winners uh, for Play NYC tickets that we're going to be giving away tonight, but uh, we're going to just tease that right now because we're, before we announce those winners or some of those winners, uh, we're going to jump into our regular discussion of what we have been playing. So Barry, how about you take it away? What have you been playing over the last three weeks? Yeah, so uh, while well, I've been a lot very busy with a lot of real world stuff and all that, I have also been busy with a lot of gaming stuff. And I would have done probably a little more, but for two of those three weeks that we've been off, my father-in-law has been in town. So I've been spending time with him and uh, been nice in letting him use the TV. Uh, so I haven't been able to play some of the stuff I wanted to get to, but that's okay. Uh, family time is more important. What I did get to do is, uh, on the Switch, I'm still doing some Animal Crossing. Um, nothing huge, just minor stuff. Uh, went back to Smash Brothers because this past weekend there was a new spirit event. So I went there and I, I got all the spirits again. So I did play a little Smash. I tried the Monster Hunter Stories 2 trial because there's a demo. And I went into it just like, whatever, you know, I'm going to give this a try. I've got a little bit of time. And I fell in love with the game. I was very shocked, and I'm currently, that's what's in my Switch right now, playing the full version of the game. It is a lot of fun, uh, way better than I expected it to be, uh, way less complicated than Monster Hunter Rise, and I know Rise is very beginner-friendly, but I just, I couldn't get into Rise, but this was, this was awesome. This was uh, definitely uh, a game I recommend if you like RPGs, and if you like Pokemon. Um, this could very well be a better Pokemon game than Pokemon Sword and Shield. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Uh, but I do recommend trying the demo. It's one of those great demos where you, you your save data goes over. So those are my favorite type of demos. Um, because of the playcast that I'm on, I did do a couple games. Uh, Aqua Kitty UDX, which is a Defender-like game where you're a cat in a submarine. Uh, very simple arcade action. Uh, played a little Cyberhook. Cyberhook is a first-person, uh, like, platformer game. Kind of feels a little like Mirror's Edge, like you're in, like, this Tron universe, and you have a Cyberhook, and you can, like, latch to platforms and pull yourself up. Kind of makes you feel like Spider-Man. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, definitely has a lot going for it. Uh, still playing a robot named Fight. Uh, that game is so underrated, and we, we just closed our pre-orders for the physical but uh, definitely an awesome game if you like Super Metroid. I can't recommend Robot Name Fight enough. It is just so much fun. And uh, the final game on the Switch, which I'll talk about in a little bit, is Sakura Succubus 3. Uh, PS4, before my father-in-law came in, I was able to finally finish Rampa V3, Killing Harmony, finishing off the series until Decadence comes out this uh, December for the Switch. And... I, I personally love the way they ended this. I know some people may not like this, and it's it's very... I've seen it called trollish, but I absolutely love it. I think it was super clever. Um, I recommend it very much to everybody that they play through these games. And if you only have a Switch, I recommend you play through Decadence when it comes out, uh, and hopefully Ultra Despair Girls will follow. Uh, after that, I am started on the PS5, and I'm maybe 60% through uh, Scarlet Nexus. And uh, Scarlet Nexus is a third-person action RPG uh, made by, I think, some of the people from the Tales of series. It's like a futuristic. Some of the combos are crazy. Uh, really interesting story thus far and a lot of fun. So I do recommend that. 
on the PC side, still playing Final Fantasy XIV, which has just got a ridiculous influx of players due to a, a very famous WoW streamer came over. So now they're like scrambling to let the servers uh, stay alive, and it's pretty interesting just watching it all go down. And on mobile, still doing Dragalia Lost and Mario Kart Tour. Nice, nice. Uh, going to the chat real quick, it looks like uh, Jakester, uh, somehow Jakester uh, got confused that we didn't want him. Uh, of course we do, Jakester. We've even had you on the podcast a couple times to, to talk live, so of course we want you here. Um, but he has said he hasn't played a lot, uh, wasn't feeling that well. Oh, that's too bad. But uh, now finds out his Switch isn't working, so... The combination of not feeling well and then the switch not working, that is not a good time at all. But uh, he has been playing some Lego Batman 1, and uh, I know how he, he loves the Lego games. So I'm sure, I'm hopefully that's uh, brought him some some uh, joy, even in the middle of not-so-good news the last uh, couple weeks. Um, Greg, what have you been up to over the last uh, few weeks? What have you been playing? Well, you'll have some definitely some surprises in this list. <laughs> compared to what I've been doing before. Um, I did finish up Metopia. I'm not going for the full 100% thing because I'd had to go back um, to the library. So I just settled on mm-hmm. beating like the Darker Lord at the very end of the game. So I think my daughter's going to try to get a copy again from the library so then we can play some more and she can finish on her account. It was kind of a really quirky kind of RPG game and very basic and had a lot of fun with it and kind of enjoyed like the story and the different jobs and everything that are all in there. So some really unique stuff that they put in there and didn't make it like super heavy on the RPG side. If you're unfamiliar, like don't really like those kinds of games as much as like me and Barry. Um, I played some mini and Mitchy that we, that was like a review code I got. And we'll be talking about that one more in depth. The next podcast, I did some super smash brothers ultimate, um, I found out that I'd never completed like one of the awakened <laughs> one of the fighters in the um one po- the adventure mode. So it was kind of fun trying to track that down and actually doing it and completing it. So I got all the awards there, and then I was trying to just do some challenge rush and just trying to bust through a number of the challenges. So um, I also did some spirits and spirit board stuff just to kind of play around with that. It's pretty interesting. I've never really played around with that before because smash brothers i just usually just play against cpus or might do a classic mode here and there and that was usually about it i didn't really dive too deep into these other like the spirit section and then here's like the big surprise one out of left field um i actually returned to playing paper mario the origami king um i had previously was just like entering the desert area. I think it's around a halfway marker or so, maybe a little bit before that. And then I actually powered through it and beat King Ali this morning. So <laughs> I fully completed the story mode within since the last podcast and also had added that on there. So it was really nice to see. And that's now my uh, third Paper Mario game that I've beaten. So the other two was Super Paper Mario and mm-hmm. Sticker Star. So... I definitely need to replay the two originals that are probably the best two in the series. And then I don't know if I'll go back to Color Splash, but probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And then then still doing uh, Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile, and that's it there. Cool. Cool. 
Well, uh, let's see. Also go in the chat. Natalie said she's been playing a lot of uh, X of the Gungeon. And uh, Jesse said he's beat uh, Super R-Type on Novice. Super R-Type, is, is that the one on Super Nintendo? Like, I think that's the one I started off with was, was Super R-Type. Um, that's I awesome if you went back so, to but, SNES. But didn't so. they bring it to uh, the Switch? Did they, did they just re-release it? Because the new yeah, one is just... like R-Type oh. Final something. Oh, yeah, like that's right. That. It's R-Type yeah. Final. So, yeah, it's a Super Nintendo one. Yeah. So that was my my first one that I played as well. And that's what got me hooked. Um, so that's awesome that, that Jesse's been playing that and and beat it on Novice. It is a difficult game. Uh, it's and I think that's the the greatest part of it. It's it's difficult, but it's it just it's one of those not too difficult where it just pulls you in and you're like I can totally beat this. Um, but even on even on Novice, there's a there's a little bit of a challenge. Um, so I have a longer list than normal. Uh, I played the Millennium Rocket League, of course. Season three is coming up, uh, coming to an end. Uh, I think within the next few weeks. Um, so still playing that. But I also I did find my cartridge for uh, <laughs> for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So uh, yeah, I was hiding. I think it was hiding in my Age of Calamity uh, case. I think is is where it was. So. I don't know why I just swapped them or whatever, but I did find it and uh, played it just a little bit enough to to try out the new characters, and that was about it. So I didn't get into any of the other stuff that you guys did, um, but just wanted to at least boot it up and try out the new characters, and they're fun. There's a lot more complicated. Some of them are a lot more complicated, and I realized that I hadn't uh, I hadn't actually played like the last three new characters, and so um, took a little bit of time to to go through all those as well. Um, I don't have a new favorite or anything like that, but I, I am going to need to spend more time with those. Um, and then I played, uh, a lot of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Um, and so do you guys that have been listening in the podcast for a while have heard me say, I need to get back to Age of Calamity. I need to get back to Age of Calamity. And I finally did. So the last couple of weeks, I, I just beat it, uh, last night actually. Um, so finished, uh, the game. I'm still far from like a hundred percent um of all the different stuff i've got a lot of it though i don't know exactly how far i am uh in terms of collecting everything and unlocking everything and all that stuff but um i don't know if i really want to go back and do it all i kind of want to but at the same time i'm like there's a few characters that i just don't really like playing as and i really don't want to go through their training levels um there's a few that are just a pain in the butt um <laughs> but uh but the majority well, of the game i really like See, that was one of those games that I I went back and I I did do a hundred percent because there's hidden characters. There's more characters that you yeah. get for doing certain missions. So mm -hmm. I just I found it a joy going and doing a lot of those to unlock those characters. And in the process, I collected enough materials to, you know, do a lot of the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I was not doing hardly any of the side missions at all in the beginning uh, of the game. So I did like about fifty percent of the game, uh, and didn't even really touched the side missions very much it was like thousands then of side all missions. of a sudden like i just started wanting to do them and so i i found myself putting off the main mission and then getting caught up in all the side missions and then i was like oh right uh the the main game get back to that so i i kind of had this roller coaster of like doing one and the other and then kind of going back and forth so yeah i i think i probably maybe 65 70 percent of it unlocked um, and the rest of the stuff I don't think is going to be too difficult, but I, I haven't done it yet. Um, I, I mainly want to do it just because I want to unlock, um, 
what you get when you get hundred percent. I was like, that Oh yeah, cool. that's a really yeah. cool. Although outfit. at that point I'm done. Well, like, no, but there's DLC now. <clears throat> yeah. That's if I want to spend money and get the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so I played that and, uh, uh, played, um, over on Xbox. I think it was, or PlayStation. I think it was Xbox. Um, I got a free copy. I don't know if that was given to everybody or what, but, uh, Space Jam, a new legacy, the game. <laughs> so played through that. Um, that was weird. Um, it was like, it's, I thought it was going to be a basketball game. It's like a old school beat em up side scroller game. That's it's okay. Um, but it's nothing to write home about, but it's, it's okay. Um, did you see the movie? No, not yet. Like I, I, I saw it today. Yeah. How was it? Go in with low expectations and it's a fun turn off your brain movie. <laughs> um, the best, the best part about it honestly is to find all the references because oh, there's, okay. there's references to like every WB property mm. with throughout the movie. Yeah. And it's just fun seeing some random, like, like I never thought I would ever see a movie with like the iron giant and King Kong and Adam West Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, I, I told my that. wife or someone else, someone was asking me about it and I was like, I feel like it's kind of like Wreck-It Ralph too. Yeah. Like they just kind of took this idea and then just went, like to town with it and just like how many references can we put in one two hour movie um of everything that we own or have the rights to yeah um it's a big than, wb commercial yeah yeah so yeah eventually i'll watch it just because i have hbo now and i can just not spend money and just watch it um but yeah i i already have low expectations so that, that that'd be easy <laughs> <laughs> um and then let's see what else did i play i played uh i played what the golf so i know greg uh played a lot of this um when it first came out on switch you played on switch, switch is that right yes yeah yeah so i ended up getting uh apple arcade i had like a six month free trial or something like that for apple arcade and so i've actually been playing it on my ipad um but it's a fun game i i had no idea how much i would be pulled into that game um and in the beginning, I, I thought, like, I knew that it wasn't just regular mini golf, but I thought that I would be, like, having to get the best score and all this stuff. It is not about that at all. It's just about completing each level. And uh, so I had to, like, figure that out because I, <laughs> I was wanting to, like, redo levels when I was like, I could have got that in one less, but it doesn't matter at all. Um, so that was, that was, it's been kind of fun to, to play through that. I don't know if on the iPad it has it, but you can actually, there's actually like crowns and stuff you can get on each level and there, there's like a secondary and a third challenge. So yeah. it, sometimes it could be like, oh, get there in like five strokes or less or do it without touching like the cars or something or the yeah. cats or something like that. Yeah, I like, I like that. The challenge is better than just trying to go for the lowest score or whatever, like a regular mini golf, um, because that makes a lot of sense. But it also takes the pressure off. As I'm playing through it, it's more, it definitely is more of a casual kind of almost a puzzle game rather than mini golf. It's like a physics kind of puzzle game, um, than traditional mini golf. And, and some of them just totally catch you off guard. Um, when you're like, oh, I'm supposed to hit the ball. And then all of a sudden something else goes flying whenever you hit it, um, that you're not ready for. And yeah, it's just funny, funny and fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I expected to do. Yeah, and I definitely know there's one really funny level where you're actually like the little hole and you have to like get it to the golfer or whatever, and that's <laughs> really fun. <laughs> nice. 
did you play with a controller on switch yeah okay because so, i i just did normal joy cons and it was just normal yeah, button okay. controls because i played with i had my xbox controller connected to my ipad in the beginning and i i realized i prefer just a touch screen so i'm guessing you could play it on the switch touch screen as well um but i feel like i had better control just using the touch screen yeah i imagine so especially for like the um switch light users yeah um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm playing. So yeah, a longer list than, than usual. Um, let's see, do we miss any other chatting going on in there? I don't think so. I think everybody's just kind of just normal, talking about normal chatting, <laughs> talking about Jakesters. Oh, his switch, the switch. Yeah. Oh, he just got it back on. That's great. <laughs> He's thanking us for, for fixing his switch. I, I wish we did something to it, but I don't really know if we have that kind of power, Jakester. But if we do, we need to be using this for good. Um, and uh, Jared just jumped in there and said he's been playing a lot of Skyward Sword. Yeah, none of us picked up Skyward Sword HD. I guess I, I mean Barry, of course, picked it up because he's got everything. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he goes for the hundred percent physical. Um, That's right. <laughs> I put my birthday is like pretty much exactly a month away and so i just put it on there to see if maybe put it on like a wish list to see like either my parents or my wife will purchase it for me so i didn't have to have it right on release day nice nice well before we jump into uh, announcing uh, a good round of winners uh we have a uh, a review and this is a kind of a follow-up review um from a, a couple other games that barry has reviewed on previous uh podcasts and on our youtube channel and uh people seem to like them and so the developers publishers keep giving us uh giving barry codes to to go over that so just a heads up as well um if we do we're not gonna like cross any lines or anything like that but just uh just a heads up before we jump into this review it is an m-rated game uh so if you are under the age or whatever um just kind of know this ahead of time if parents are listening in i don't know um but uh just a heads up that this is an m-rated game uh but uh barry i'll throw it over to you and you kind of tell us about this uh this next game in the series that you've been kind of going over uh going through the whole series recently yeah, um, so the uh, developers were kind enough to send me uh, Sakura Succubus 3, uh, which I believe there's four of them. So I'm, I'm, now I'm, I'm so invested, I just I hope I get the fourth one <laughs> to, uh, to finish the series. But uh, for those that don't know what this is, it's a visual novel series uh, with some lewd content. But it is, uh, it's very light in the decisions um there this one seemed to have more decisions than the last one uh which had more decisions than the first one but it is mostly just reading a story and i was really expecting uh you know when i first went into this i was expecting like oh this is gonna be something i'm not going to enjoy um and truthfully the story is actually really interesting uh, so the premise is, and in, in there's this world of succubus, and like the traditional succubi from history and, and mythology, they sap and suck the life force out of people and they kill them. Uh, and this, they don't. And this, they uh, they just feed off of the positive energy and the attention. So there's no death. So you, you don't go in. There's no blood or anything like that. But it's really interesting to see the world that they live in versus the world that we live in. 
and this game in particular, the third one, you actually go into the succubus realm, and uh, there's there's some twists and turns why you do there, and there's there's actually some really powerful life lessons, honestly, and in, in especially in this third game about <clears throat> relationships and about uh, being too possessive. And it actually struck a couple chords uh, with me because there was, you know, past relationships I've had where, you know, I've, I've dated some really possessive women that did some really nasty things to my friends to make sure that I was exclusive to them. And uh, you get some of that and you get some of the, morta- the morality of what is love and, you know, if you love some somebody or something, you should keep it close. But at the same time, uh, is it what they want? And and thinking about other people's feelings. And uh, I was I was shocked at how well it worked, and it did deliver on the the cliffhanger ending of the second game, which I was excited about because I I, I thought that they were going to go into a very different direction than they did, and they they surprised me. And I have no idea. Like this, to me, this could be the ending. I have no idea how the fourth game is going to go. Um, I mean, it's out already on other platforms, but uh, you know, when it uh, comes to Switch, I'll, I'll hopefully see. But it is. If, if you like visual novels, they're not terribly long. I think it's maybe four hours, four to five hours, uh, maybe a little less, depending on how fast you read. And if you want to go back and see like the different decisions you can do, because there are differences in, in uh, how things play out a little bit. The, the story itself is on a you know, one coasts. So like no matter what, um, I will say one negative thing is that none of, like it doesn't recognize the first two games. And in a game like this, I really wish it, it picked the decisions you did in the first game and the second game, like kind of like Mass Effect, you know, carrying over. Uh, especially the end of the second game actually had a decision and you got one of two endings depending on which one you did. And in reality, none of it matters. It didn't matter which ending you picked because the third game just picks up and uh, just acts like almost like both of those things happened. And I I do wish it did kind of like, oh, you have save data from clearing this. Let's bring over your save. Um, That's my one negative. But if you're just looking for something, you know, kind of quirky, kind of interesting, kind of fantastical and you just want to read uh, a lot then you know it's a very good visual novel series i would not recommend starting with the third one although you could they do spend the first few minutes kind of like recapping everything going on and going over characters Uh, however i do recommend starting with the first Uh, but if you if you play the first and you really enjoy it then the series in my opinion only gets better cool all right well i we look forward to you probably reviewing the fourth one at some point in the near future. That's up to the developer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of developers, um, Gamazumi, is that how you pronounce their, their, yeah, I think their name? So. Publishers there. Uh, thanks to Gamazumi for providing the uh, the codes for Barry to check out these games and for us to cover them here on the podcast and on our YouTube channel. Um, all right, before we get into the news, it's time to give away some play NYC tickets. So, uh, big, huge shout out to, uh, all the people there at Playcrafting, especially Dan Butchko, uh, has begun 
to be a huge friend of the uh, of the channel of the the website. It's been so cool to to see, especially Barry. I know you you guys have really struck up a friendship over the last several years. Um, so it's been really cool to to have them kind of give us uh, these tickets to give away and and all the the interviews that we've done on Nintendo Fuse uh, YouTube channel as well. So uh, lots of history there. So huge thanks to Playcrafting and especially Dan uh, there for making this happen. Um, Barry, I know there's, uh, we have a, a, a code that, that people can use as well, but we also have some free tickets to give away. So how about you take it away and explain uh, that and, and let's give away some tickets. Sure. So um, Dan and the group over at Playcrafting were kind enough to give us 15 Dev Pro Pass tickets. These tickets uh, give you access to Saturday and Sunday, both days of the show, as well as a party on Saturday night with developers. Um, on top of that, I mean, these are $100 tickets. These, these are like the creme de la creme, and they were super nice to do that. Uh, so the way it's going to work is we're, we're gonna, I'm going to do, do eight now, and we'll do the other seven later because we have 15. And uh, what you do is if you hear this, send a message to us. And uh, if not, we'll send a message probably tomorrow uh, through our Twitter to you to let you know. Um, the way it works is that they provided us a code. Um, you will have to go to the website to purchase the tickets, use that code, and it will be free. So that is the, uh, the way that it, it works with this. Um, for those of you that don't win, I will just state now, if you are interested in going to Play NYC, and you should be because it's awesome, you can go and purchase your tickets. Tickets are live right now. And you could use the code FUSE40 and you get 40% off, which is great. That's that's awesome. So even if you don't win and you go, oh, man, I, I did want to go. That sounds like a great uh, show. FUSE40, at least you save 40%. Uh, just another nice thing that Playcrafting did for us. Um, they're they're awesome over there. So without further ado, uh, I'm gonna read off. Uh, we we did the random number generators. I'm gonna read off the first eight names uh, that pulled up on the list, and we'll do the remaining seven uh, later on in the show. This way we break it up a little bit. Uh, so the following people win now. Also, I do have to preface: if I butcher your name, um, <laughs> please. Don't don't hold me to it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll butcher someone's name or someone's Twitter handle because people's Twitter handles are weird. <laughs> um, Have a little grace. We're giving you a free ticket. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So the following people, congratulations to you. Gladiator50N, which is at Gladiator50N, nice and simple. Uh, Die a lot, which is at Scott D4571. Mars Barrow at Mars Barrow. Nelson at Nelson 033938870, almost sounds like a phone number. Uh, Schlib on Switch, at Schlib on Switch. Uh, Natalie Escobar, at Natalie underscore Jerry. And Hannah, at Hannah Honstad. Was that eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, no, uh, one more. Uh, Jeff, at Jeff 738 another long number one. Uh, congratulations to you guys. You are our first eight winners awesome congratulations yeah and uh like barry said feel free to go ahead and dm us i think we we've tried to follow everybody that followed us so that you should be able to to dm 
us. Uh, <laughs> Jared's like, that's a weird way to pronounce my name. Uh, uh, Natalie's in the chat. Uh, congratulations, Natalie. Uh, and anyone else, uh, if you're joining in, you heard uh, your name announced as a winner, uh, feel free to let us know that you're here with us uh, in the live chat. Uh, but congratulations. Like we, like Barry said, we have seven more to uh to announce at the uh later on in this episode so if you didn't win you still have a chance you you may have your name announced uh later as a winner um be sure to dm us and we'll reach out to you uh as well if we don't hear from you in the next day or so um we'll reach out to you as well so between uh both of us trying to get each other we should be able to get you that code and uh get your free ticket so congratulations to those eight and uh Stay tuned. Maybe you will win uh, a little bit later. Uh, so, all right. Well, all that out of the way, uh, guys, we, we, we got some big news this last week. Um, there's a new switch coming. And before we get our hopes up, I know a lot of people got their hopes up. It is not a switch pro. Um, so I think all of us had all of our predictions just, shot out of the water um for e3 and probably for this entire year um if anyone was expecting a switch pro to come uh we are not getting a switch pro uh this year it at least it doesn't look like it um but we are getting a new version of a switch uh they're calling it the nintendo switch oled model so that's uh you know leave it up to Fantastic naming conventions for uh, <laughs> for Nintendo, but uh, that's what it is. Uh, the Switch OLED model is coming in October, uh, and it's going to be priced at just $50 more than the current Switch. And so here's what we're going to do, because uh, I had mentioned earlier in the, in the episode, uh, there was two consoles announced uh, this last week. Um, so Switch announced, or Nintendo announced the new Switch model, and uh, Valve also announced uh, their Steam Steam Deck. Uh, so we're going to talk about both of those individually, and then we're going to kind of pit them up against each other and uh, and talk about the competition between the two. So I'm just going to run through uh, the, the announcements around uh, the Switch OLED model, and uh, then kind of discuss this, this version first. So like I said, uh, the retail price is... Uh, $50 more than the current switch. So that makes it a 349 um, MSRP. Uh, however, I do know that uh, at least Walmart, I think, and maybe some others have, have been cutting the price on their own down to 299. So I don't know if that's sticking around or whatever. Walmart does it to their games. They cut them down $10. So maybe, uh, maybe that is going to stick around, but the MSRP of it is $50 more here in the U S um, the overall system size is just a little bit bigger than the current size switch. Um, however, the screen is not only an OLED screen as opposed to the LCD screen that was it, that is in the current switch, but it's also seven inches as opposed to the six point two inches of the current screen. So that's the that's the full size one. That that's not the light. Um, I think the light's like five point two or something like that inches. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the the current one, the six point two inches, you're gonna get a bigger screen. That means less bezels, um, and uh, gonna be OLED. So um, automatically better better picture. However, it's still 720p. So nothing else changed except for bigger screen and better screen, but it's still 720p. Um, also it's supposed to have enhanced uh, speakers uh, and a better. Um, 
uh, kickstand. So I complained about the kickstand when we first got the switch. It kind of fell off, little flimsy piece of plastic. This actually looks more like the, uh, the Microsoft Surface kind of style of a kickstand. It kind of takes up half of the back of the, of the, the system and it kind of folds out. You see it there on the screen as well. Um, also getting a storage bump from 32 gigs to 64 gigs. And the, uh, the battery is supposed to last uh, pretty much the exact same as the current model, which is the newer one for 4.5 hours to 9 hours. And uh, the dock uh, looks slightly different, basically the same, but it's also it's uh, taking away the USB port in there and replacing it with a, a LAN port. Uh, so if you have been searching and searching for a, a USB to LAN adapter, you don't have to do that anymore. You can plug it directly in. Um, and, uh, it's going to be available on October 8th of this year. So, uh, switch OLED model has been selling out like crazy. Uh, you can read all of the information there at nintendofuse.com. Um, one important thing to, to note is that, uh, the same Joy-Cons will be available on that system and across the other ones. So you can mix and match and all that stuff. They haven't actually changed the, uh, the guts or anything. So if you're concerned about, uh, Joy-Con drift, um, it might still be a thing on the new one. Um, also, it does come in, uh, as you saw on the screen, uh, a white version, but also a black with the blue and the neon blue and neon red Joy-Cons as well. Um, I'm, uh, I got my eyes on that white one. It looks pretty pretty clean. Um, if I do get one, that's the one I'm going for. Uh, so Switch OLED model coming in October. Barry, what do you think about this system? My biggest complaint about this system is if you think about the Switch when it came out, the Switch catered to both handheld and docked gamers. It was for both. And the next time the Switch was revised was the red box Switch with the bigger battery life, which catered towards the handheld gamers and not the docked. And then the Switch Lite came out, which was catered obviously to handheld gamers. So now with Switch OLED, again, it's catered to handheld gamers the only thing that Dot Gamers got is a built-in LAN, which you could have bought the adapter and done that, you know, already. Uh, I I feel kind of slighted. Like this is three revisions in a row where you focus on the handheld features and ignore the docked features, and I think that's a mistake. I think if you're going to have a hybrid system, you need to focus on both. I'm not saying don't focus on the handheld, absolutely focus on the handheld, but focus on the docked as well because there's a good percentage of players that play only docked and there's also a good percentage of players that do both. And why not? That's one of your that's one of your defining features of the Switch. <laughs> Utilize it. And I think if this did have 4K output, even if that's all it did, even if it just did have 4K output, I think that would have been a big you know lifeline to the docked players uh you know uh thank you to the docked players so that to me is the biggest negative that being said i currently have one pre-ordered my wife thinks i'm crazy because i don't play docked i play docked all the time i rarely play portably those um, times when your father-in-law is in town well i did i, I played my, a lot of monster industries too <laughs> uh you know handheld and, you know, life changes and, you know, maybe something will change and I'll, I'll play more docked. I don't know. But I haven't decided whether or not I'm going to keep it or not. But I wanted to get a pre-order in just in case I've got time to decide and, and see what it looks like and everything. Nice. Nice. Greg, what do you think about this one? 
Yeah, I definitely agree with Barry. I think it's been kind of a disappointing upgrade. I think people were expecting like a little bit of a bump in specs and stuff we've been hearing about the Switch <laughs> Pro rumors for like the last year or so that we would comment on on numerous previous podcasts. And it just doesn't really do a whole lot. It just has like a slightly better screen and an awesome kickstand. <laughs> That's like, is that mean you should upgrade your model i mean most people i would think no and even nintendo's even said like oh you don't have to buy the side grade model it's more of an option if you don't have a switch that you're like oh i'm probably playing it a lot handheld so i'll get the oled model for an extra 50 bucks so it from that standpoint it makes sense but i don't think a lot of people are going to be dropping down to upgrade immediately and you don't you shouldn't feel compelled to upgrade when there's not a difference really in this like the specs and stuff on the TV output at least and yeah. so yeah yeah i i totally agree with you guys as well um i think it's it's a weird upgrade um it, it's it's this halfway thing that that seems odd um i like i like the look of it i like the the white and the dark like gray um i think that's a cool look they could have done that without any sort of upgrade at all. They could have just released some white Joy-Cons. Done. Um, they could have released a new dock. They took it off the market. Like, maybe they were working on this new dock. They could release a new dock, easily buy a replacement dock. Done. The OLED screen's cool. And it probably, it'd be cool if I had it from the very beginning. But like you said, especially during COVID, I mean, people are on the go more now. But from this last 18 months, like, more and more people were playing their Switch attached to a TV. And... In docs, it's the exact same situation. Um, they didn't really do anything else uh, to enhance this this system except for uh, bring in the LAN port. So essentially, what they did was they they took away um, or they added two things that will, in a sense, replace two accessories that they sold before. <laughs> they sold an adapter. Um, for the USB to go to LAN that now you don't have to have anymore. And they sold that extra charging dock. I don't know if you guys remember it or a lot, but it was a better, it had a better kickstand in it as well. So now you don't have to yeah. have that. Other than that, I mean, it'd be nice. Also, I prefer if they, if they move the charging port, I guess if you want to charge it at the same time with that dock, then, then you still need that adapter. Um, but if you just wanted a better kickstand, now it's, it's built into the system. So, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about, like, Nintendo just doesn't understand how people video game anymore. <laughs> um, and because they still keep one, like, oh, yeah, you're going to throw it in the middle of the park or a party or whatever, and you're going to prop it up with the kickstand, and everybody's going to gather around and play Mario Party or Smash Brothers or whatever. And, like, most people don't do that sort of thing. So, now, granted, they they could have easily been, like... I don't know. They're trying to set the expectation. They, this is how we want you to game. But but we've had this for what the Switch is like what four and a half years old now. Um yeah. like people are not gaming like that. And uh we're still we'd rather either play personally, uh, which OLED screen's cool for that, or we're gonna throw it in dock and we're gonna play it on a big screen and we want them to uh to have you know, to have four K output. Um you, yeah. you know what would be cool with this? And and it would really be a game changer. 
And it's nothing terribly new. I mean, the technology has been there and other things have done it. Other systems have done it. But since they have this nice new uh, kickstand now, so you can play tabletop, what if on the back of the system they put a projector? So now if you do have a Switch at a party or something like, oh, you want to play some Mario Kart or whatever, instead of playing on that tiny screen, you go, oh, you have a wall, boom, let me project it onto the wall, and now you're just sitting there playing. You don't need a TV. Now we're that talking. would be a really cool idea. I would. Or even build it into the dock. Well, yeah, like, well, that too. But I'm way. saying like if you bring your Switch to a party and it's just a portable, the idea of tabletop is you can both play against each other with the Joy-Cons. But here you go to project yeah. it right there onto a bigger wall. That'd be awesome. Right. I like that they have better speakers in this one because I did try that one time. I, I was at a party and we were having issues with the TV. We were trying to play Jackbox games and we were, we were having issues with the TV. And so it was like, hey, you know what? We can play on the screen. This, you know, 6.2 inch small screen <laughs> with like eight people gathering around it. Not the greatest experience. <laughs> and you couldn't hear anything that was saying, it, it, you know, party. Like people are laughing. They're having a good time. They're not going to be like, okay, quiet, everybody. We need to listen to the video game. Like, no, <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. So like, I'm glad they have better speakers this time, but like, it just doesn't work like that. And, uh, and so like, however, a, a built-in projector, that, that could definitely do it. Greg, what do you think, what were they thinking this time around? You, try to get in the mind of, of the executives at Nintendo. Why, why do this sort of a thing? See, that's kind of the thing. I don't know. It's kind of hard to place yourself because it's like, let's just package up some new switches and just make the screen just a little bit bigger. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, then we resell it to them and then people will just buy it up and they'll want it. And then, oh, but we should have a new color. So then that helps differentiate it from the original stock system. So we made the Wii in white and that was popular. So let's recast the white color yeah but they also made the wii u in white and that was the model that didn't sell because <laughs> it had less memory well, with yeah it was awful <laughs> memory and it didn't even have that deluxe digital promotion thing that was huge useless that's true so so here's what i think <clears throat> and i don't know I, i'm interested to hear what you guys think about this as well but is this is this the direction that nintendo is going with in the future with the switch uh ip like is are they just going to continue to do small iterations small small bumps along the way rather than jumping or maybe eventually they'll jump but they're just going to do a, a few small ones in the interim time no. yeah I, I feel like it's going to be the smaller ones because I know like the new 3DS like had a few exclusive games that could play the SNES games and stuff, but I don't recall like hearing like it was like a huge drastic people like people like, eagerly updating it or upgrading to that latest model. So, I mean, that was kind of like creating like, a little segment to the thing. I mean, I know people always want more power, but you always have to support the base version of the system. Like you should at least because you'll, more likely to get more sales because if you make it exclusive that just kind of hurts the sales of the game yeah see so and that's exactly why i yeah. disagree with you um that's why i think nintendo's not going to keep doing this i think i think the next thing we're going to see is going to be a switch 2 and i do feel the switch 2 is going to be significantly more powerful they have to they have to move into 4k like it they it is it's not even a 
well, that's a pipe dream. Like if you go to a store now, any store, I don't care what store you want, and you want to buy a TV, you mm -hmm. can't buy a non-4K TV. You can't. It's not like it's a luxury. You just can't. You can get them for stupid cheap, 300 bucks, whatever. You can't buy brand new of non-4K TV. Unless you want Secondhand, like a 19-inch one. <laughs> maybe, maybe a 19-inch or a compu computer yeah. monitor or something. But even those are starting to be all 4K. I mean, secondhand, sure, you buy from Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, you can get, of course, 1080p. But every TV at Best Buy, Target, Walmart, they're all 4K. So to not utilize this. Like I know originally with the Wii, they said they didn't go HD because it wasn't in a lot of homes. And that was true. That was the early days of HD. That's not the case anymore. Most people have a 4K TV, at least one. And you can still play on a 1080p it just won't be as pretty big deal just have that output so i can't see them not doing that i also know that the ps4 and the xbox one their times are limited maybe another year left uh and we're going to see those games dry up and then everything's going to be ps5 series x the switch can't do ps5 series x level stuff so they're going to lose a lot of third-party ports that's going to kill the system like that that is going to hurt um, the Switch too much. So I definitely see them doing a Switch 2. I see them up in the power, 4K, but backwards, fully backwards compatible with the Switch. I think it's going to be a similar design, OLED screen, the whole nine yards, but I do think that they are going to stop this iteration. I think this is it. I mean, even the DS, the DS had the light and the XL and the I, and the iXL. Like th three real iterations. The the 3DS had the the new 3DS, the XL, the 2DS, new 2DS, three four iterations. The Switch we've already have the new battery, the red box, the Switch Lite, and now the OLED. We're already at three three iterations. If you figure it's going to be another two years before we see anything, because it's, it's been two years since the Lite, the Switch Lite was 2019. It's now 2021. So. You figure 2023, the Switch at that point is going to be six, seven, you know, seven years old at that point, six and a half years old. New system time. Let it get out there, but still supporting the original Switch for, like you said, Greg, all those older players that don't want to early adapt or they can't early adapt because of scalpers. So you got a Switch 2 and you got a Switch and maybe a, a Mario game will be on both systems or a Zelda. Like Nintendo's done that a ton of times. Or... It's going to be next year, and they're going to surprise us, and Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be that game on Switch and Switch 2. Who yeah. knows? But I would say 2023 uh, is a safe bet. Hmm. And I wanted to clarify. I mean, I was just speaking of like the iterations, like the side grades. Um, obviously, I know there's going to be a next-gen thing, and I really hope it's a next-gen Switch because that's completely ideal for me to be able to play both either handheld or docked. So I really do hope there's a Switch 2, and yes, I would expect that to have a larger gap in processing power i don't mean it's gonna be like a gamecube to wii kind of difference i think it needs to go much higher than that um in terms of just like a side grade like a <clears throat> switch family model i don't think they're going to be bumping up the specs and anytime soon just because of the, how it creates that exclusivity between the versions of it yeah yeah i'm interested to see how this goes i, I think i think if it goes well i could almost see them trying to do it again um, before before the next like big jump like let's say they do i don't know what else they could do but better battery life or um 
I don't know, try to do an Excel version or something like that. Um, because it, I mean, it's probably mostly scalpers that, that jumped on and did most of the pre-ordering and that's why they're all sold out everywhere. But if it sells well, that may tell Nintendo, oh, we can keep doing this until we do make that big bump. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see at least one more smaller jump before we see that that big one to the 4K, maybe 60 to 120 frames per second, you know, better RAM, all that, all those different things that should be in there. Um, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> me too. But I, I just know, like, if, if I mean, the they're they make games for us, but they're really a company that likes money at the end of the day. And so like, if they see this, which OLED, like all of a sudden start to sell like crazy, that, that may tell them, Oh, maybe we'll do this again before we announce switch pro or switch, switch Two. especially if it does take until 2023, like they may want to like do something else that boosts sales before that, that big jump again. I don't know. I, I, I hope I'm wrong as well <laughs> because I want that that next jump. Um, for me, I wish I wish that was this fall. I wish that was this this holiday because like I I'm playing my Xbox a lot more than my Switch recently um, because it looks better and it's it's smoother and and that sort of thing. I'm playing games that I have to play on the Switch on there. I'm playing Age of Calamity because it's a Zelda game. You play it on Nintendo, but I switched over to Rocket League and others games on the Xbox because it it's it's a better system. Um, and Nintendo could do that, but if we have to wait till 2023, ugh, that's, that's yeah, no good. That's true. I'm, I'm the same way with multi-platform games. You know, I'll get everything on the Switch, but when it's one that I really want to play, like right away, um, I will play the PS4 version, PS5 version, just because if I want to play it docked anyways, I might as well play the version that runs smoother and has a higher frame rate and the better graphics and less slowdown and, yeah. and uh, you know, might as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Greg... I don't uh, have to worry about that. I only have a single console, so... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. you got only Switch, so... But, but unless we know I would downgrade like my one. graphics and yeah, unless I downgrade my graphics to like a Wii U or 3DS or something, <laughs> that's <Yeah>. on me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna jump back into uh, talk about the Switch OLED in just a little bit, but there was another system that was announced of this last week. Barry, tell us what uh, Valve has up their sleeve for an. Uh, they've they've tried they've toyed around with some different things over the years but this is i believe their first handheld right um what, what's going yeah. on with uh, steam so before we had the steam boxes and the the steam machines and all that the home consoles that that fizzled out but that was usually made by other developers other companies this is valve i think doing it internally <clears throat> and they're doing handheld this looks like a game gear souped up uh the Thing is, is that it is a PC. It it can you could it has like a Steam OS on it. You could wipe that. You can put Windows on this, which means for a lot of people, you could put emulation on this. And that's where I think a lot of people are looking at this, like, oh, I could do all you know NES, SNES, all these emulations. The reason why people have hacked Vitas and PSPs and stuff like that, um, this seems to be what the big draw. Um, but it does play your entire Steam library. Uh, and of course, um, Epic Game Store 
And uh, I don't know about Xbox Game Pass, but that could be a big thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of potential uh, in terms of library. The negative is this library isn't exclusive. It is a library that's on a billion other machines. So it, there's nothing that says you have to buy the Steam Deck to play. It's more just for the portability. The Steam Deck has three models with three different prices. It's $399, which is the cheapest for the 64 gigabyte version. So that's $50 more expensive than the Switch OLED. $529 for the 256 and $649 for the 512. Uh, I do want to say that those are also solid state drives, which is really cool, meaning fast loading. However, as you know, with a lot of games uh, nowadays, more and more, they take up a lot of space. So 512 gigabytes, you could probably do like three or four games and it would be full with that. Right. Um, the specs on it are pretty you know, good. They're, they're pretty powerful. They're definitely more powerful than the Switch. And uh, that's something interesting. You know, they're, they're really gunning for that Switch Pro. It's almost like, oh, Nintendo, you didn't deliver. You know, hold my beer. I'm going to do it. It does also have a dock that you could purchase and put it on and connect it to a monitor and, you know, a, a keyboard and a mouse and all that stuff and turn it into a PC. Uh, so that's really interesting, too. Uh, I mean, it's if you think about just like a, it's like a laptop, but in your hands. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see what's you know, done with this. Yeah, yeah. I am, I, I'm personally very interested. I want to look into it more um, because, well, as, as we've talked about a lot of times, like I am really into Rocket League. And so um, I like the thought of having something that's not terribly expensive uh, to be able to play. And I see that like the refresh rate on the, the system itself is 60 Hertz. But if we get, if it's possible to like get a higher refresh rate out, if you do dock it or something like that, like I've talked about before, I would love if Nintendo were able to like you dock the, the switch and you're able to jump up to 120 frames per second. That would be fantastic. And so if we're going to be able to see that kind of stuff out of this, I'm, I'm, I think it'd be very, very interesting to people that have wanted to get into PC gaming, but the barrier of entry is so high because you have to spend a lot of money on a really good gaming rig um, if you really want to go there. But if you can lower that entry level uh, to like $399 or something like that, and you can also even plug in, like I noticed it's got uh, um, uh, micro SD uh, s- slots and everything, but what if you could actually plug in some high-speed hard drives, some external drives, you can actually turn this thing into, like, I know it's not what it's designed for to be, but but I'm almost kind of seeing the writing on the wall. If they're able to create something that people could kind of piece together and eventually get, like, a really good PC gaming system for a whole lot less than a few thousand dollars, that could be really exciting. I know that the Switch was already getting a lot of gamers excited because they loved that some of those Steam games were coming over to Switch and they were able to play those games on Switch on the go. Um, this just brings all of them over. Um, so that's it's really interesting. I I personally am going to hold back and everything. Um, I don't think it's a it's one of those entry level thing, kind of things like or the the first first edition is probably not one I'm going to jump on. But I'm interested to see where it goes in the future. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, I'd, I'm definitely along with you on that. Like, to, I don't see myself running out to pre-order or buy one right away. I don't even really have a Steam library, so um, I wouldn't really have any games on my um, Steam thing if I were to get it. Um, 
but just having like mobile PC games, like that sounds pretty incredible. And that might be something to have down the line when, if it's just having like a handheld mode or whatever, then it's be like just playing like the switch. It's just, if I was in my house or bring it with me, then I'd be able to always play the games and always have it with. So the portability is just like the huge factor of it. And just seeing like how the more, like another players entering this like handheld industry, it just is pretty exciting to see. So I know Nintendo's usually had a pretty good grip on it and we'll have to see if they'll start giving a run for their money. Yeah. Especially when everybody else is pulling out of the handheld industry, <laughs> uh, valve decided to jump in. Um, this could also be the best thing for Nintendo though, because this could be the push they need. I mean, I mean, competition is the mother of invention, right? Like you, without that, there's no reason to reinvent. So, if this comes out and it starts taking some of that market share from Nintendo and Nintendo notices and Nintendo says, well, why are they taking it? Oh, people want to play these AAA high def games portably as well as, you know, being able to, to put it in um, dock mode. Hey, maybe we need to up our specs. Maybe we need to make our system more powerful. And I hope they do. I hope they look at this. I hope they say, you know what? We can make it more powerful. We can do it better than that and, and do Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Dave just joined and asked if we were talking about the Gabe, the Gabe gear. Uh, very nice. I, <laughs> I hope that's original with Dave. Um, that's, that's awesome. Uh, let's talk about the look of it. Uh, because like, it's, it's an interesting look, I think, uh, kind of like you said, it, it, like hence the, what Dave's calling it, uh, as well. It looks a lot like a Sega game gear. Um, also kind of looks resembles, the chunkiness of it reminds me of the Wii U gamepad as well. Um, you've got the touch touch pads on there that Sony has tried before uh, on their their controllers, and uh, you know mixed reviews on that sort of thing. And then also the Steam controller had those uh, touch pads on there as well that no one uses anymore, and I don't think they make it anymore. Um, but they've decided to put it into the system uh, mostly for navigation, which I. Th- think could work as well um just looking at the at the system itself do you think that would be comfortable I, it's hard to tell you know and it's not in your hands but greg what do you think do you think you'd enjoy holding this for longer game periods of time i know you you did a lot of handheld when you're going back and forth to the, the office would you see yourself uh, enjoying this the system see it like i don't really like the location of the d-pad and even like those face buttons it's kind of like too close to the edge for me because i feel like that would be kind of like a weird strain on your thumbs that are hitting those like the joy the joysticks look they're an ideal position so um i don't know if there's a way they're gonna like redesign it further down the line or if they're just happy with that or um yeah, I know it's supposed to be thicker, so that's going to be pretty good. I know, like, playing with, like, the Switch and handheld, like, you can actually get, feel like uh, your hands start to kind of hurt after, like, a few hours of playing it there. So the extra thickness will definitely help with that. But, yeah, like you said, it definitely reminds me of, like, a Wii U gamepad. And I even just see, like, just the Switch just, like, with, expand, like, a double Joy-Con on each side. So, like, I don't know. It's... <laughs> I had a Game Gear, and that's not usually that wasn't the first thing that came to my mind. It was more just either the Wii U gamepad or just like a Switch with like the Joy Cons if they were bigger, yeah. And if they couldn't come off of the system, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Jared said slide. he he hopes he doesn't have the uh, the battery life of the Game Gear, <laughs> which is so true. Uh, oh, it'd be great if they actually uh, integrated like you know actual batteries. You had to to swap in and out just like the Game Gear, and you get stock and Energizer and Duracell for that. Oh uh, God. <laughs> uh, Barry, what what do you think of of the look of this? Is this is there <sighs> is it a good design? I like like a lot of people have said I'm not really a fan of the placements of the buttons or the D-pad being right next to the analog sticks. Um, what's not shown in that picture on there is that there are two trigger buttons on top, R and L, one and two, like every other system now. But there's also two trigger on the back side that are customizable, um, kind of like the Xbox Elite controller. So if you need to use A, let's say X and Y, and you also need to have your right you know, thumb on the right analog stick, and you're like, well, how am I going to be able to do this without taking off? You can actually map those two back trigger buttons and alleviate that problem. So there is a solution. It's just, is that one you know, that you're comfortable with, or that, you know, especially if you haven't played with like an elite controller, you, know, you may not be used to having those back triggers. I know like the, uh, the Split Pad Pro from Hori, like the Demon X Machina one, there's a Pac-Man one like on the Switch, they have one back trigger that's programmable. And I was messing around with that and it was pretty good. Like there were times where I was like, oh, this is kind of comfortable. Oh uh, yeah, now you have the backside with that thing so you can see. Um, those those triggers could be the difference, but they are those aren't additional buttons. Those are programmable to whatever buttons you need. So uh, I don't know. I, I think it could be comfortable. This isn't the finalized design. I'm I'm fairly certain people have picked it up and played. In fact, I think IGN had a hands-on time with it, so they played it, and uh, they seem to enjoy it. So I think it, it might be one of those that looks weird, but once you get it in your hands, you it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so before we start pitting these guys against each other, uh, the these two systems. Uh, Barry, will you be picking up the Steam Deck? Um, as a physical collector and gamer, not having physical media is a big turnoff. The I am not. I don't have any pre-ordered. The only reason I can see myself, at least at this moment, picking this up, is if I can run Final Fantasy XIV and run it well. And could be like, all right, I could like lay in bed and maybe run a dungeon or, or farm for like a relic weapon or, or do some crafting or gathering. Uh, in which case, yes, that would be that would be an you know incentive. But you know, and if I did it, I would I would pick the biggest one because if you're going to go in, you might as well because it's a computer. You know, you might you, you buy for the longevity. You don't buy um, if you can do it. You know, so. Would I justify that just to play, you know, some Final Fantasy XIV in bed? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it really depends on uh, how the future and what the future holds. But as of now, no. Yeah, yeah. Great way to be you. It most likely will be a pass, at least for the time being. But obviously that can change over time. And I might start eventually checking out some Steam games at some point. Because I know not all those end up on switch so it could be something to look down the line and as you said like the emulation aspect of it would be kind of appealing just if i were to get a hold of like nes roms or something like that but i know nintendo's actively taking those down so like that might not be the best path forward that's true i saw uh someone said that i can't remember where i read it but that the uh 
as of now, I mean, who knows what Nintendo is going to do to take down stuff, but the, uh, the Steam Deck would be able to play more classic Nintendo games than the Switch can. <laughs> not Maybe not That's legally, true. but <laughs> not legally. it can. <laughs> All right, so, so let's take uh, just a, a few minutes and let's, let's pit these guys up against each other a little bit. Um, because like we've said already, um, competition does help to to uh make things better at least it should um all of a sudden uh, a new system coming in there um should say hey nintendo pay attention what's going well what do people like how are how is valve pushing the envelope a little bit more how can we the as nintendo um jump back ahead and and stay in competition so um very i'd love to go to you first and just like more just an open discussion like how how do you think these two systems will compete with each other um if they will at all now whether they do at all uh really depends on nintendo and what i mean by that is nintendo marches to the beat of their own drum they've already stated that they don't view microsoft and sony as competition which okay um, they're your competition. They've also, Reggie has also come out, even though he's no longer with the company, but has stated like, you know, everything is our competition, newspapers, movies, TV, they're our competition because they're, they're competing for your time. And that's the truth is everything is competition for your time. And <clears throat> Nintendo, in my opinion, needs to take a look, very close look at this because they need to see how it performs and how it does and see what works, what people say, this is fantastic about the system. And mimic that and then improve upon it and find out what doesn't work, even if it's a great idea, and figure out a way to do it. While at the same time, keep thinking outside the box like they always do and giving us features <coughs> that we don't know we even want. <laughs> I didn't even know they could exist. So it's impossible to know exactly how this will affect it. But my hope is that Nintendo looks at this and says... We need to up our game. We need the Switch 2. We need to get the Switch 2 now, but not rush it. Make it like like when the Switch was first coming out, there was the Tegra. I think the Switch is what, Tegra X1 chip or something like that. Mm -hmm. and um, There was the X2 <clears throat> was coming out too. And they went with the X1. And I said to myself when it first came out, why didn't they do the, the X2's out? Go for the more powerful one. It's right there. Nintendo likes to make money on their consoles. They don't need the power to sell systems. However, that was 2017. At this point, there's something way more powerful for probably the same price as the Switch was in 2017. Like the, the, whatever the Tegra X1 was, you know, cost them in, in 2017, 2016 during manufacturing, they mm -hmm. could probably get a, something five times or 10 times as powerful at this point in yeah. 2021 in fact they just uh they just released one last year i can't remember what the the model number is but it's it's uh definitely it's capable of doing 4k output and i think it's also capable of 120 frames per second well there you go and what i would do is uh, you know if you want to do a custom chip they should talk to tegra and say hey we want to we want a custom chip that's more powerful than what you currently have here's what we want to do we want you to do a custom it will be in every nintendo switch 2 that's sold you will make a cut 
and sell it to them that way. You'll make a cut of every system. You you allow us to use your chip or whatever, we'll pay you a, a cheaper price, and you'll also get a cut of every system sold. Um, that could work. That could work in their favor. Because I think if you take the switches install base, which is what, over 80 million at this point, you you say, hey, you can now play your games on a brand new switch that's 4K, 120 frames per second, uh, you know, docked, portable, OLED screen, the whole nine yards, brand new games, plus it plays the entire library of Switch games that already exist. That's a selling point. That's what helped the 3DS survive was DS games. That's what helped the DS survive was GBA games. The GBA has a Game Boy again, the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Color at the Game Boy. They've always done it, and it's always been successful, you know, Wii U being the exception, which was backwards compatible with Wii, but that was due to marketing. That wasn't due to the system. They market this right. They come out with with a powerful system following and taking what works for the Steam Deck and eliminating what doesn't work. And I think this the Steam Deck could honestly make the Switch 2 a better system than what we would have normally gotten had the Steam Deck not existed. But yeah. we'll never know. That's true. Yeah, because you don't have Sony pushing them anymore. Nope. Um, nope. There's been rumors about Microsoft jumping into the that world, but they haven't yet. Um, so really, like Apple <laughs> is basically their only real competition in the uh, handheld gaming market um, up until now. So that's really, really interesting. Um, the only problem I have is uh, that I the Steam Deck... It makes me think of Stream Deck from Elgato so much. And and Elgato just <laughs> announced a new Stream Deck. So it's like Steam Deck, Stream Deck. I get them confused. Um, two completely different things. Um, but uh, it's going to take a bit to, to sort them out. Uh, Greg, what do you think about this, like the, the future of, of Nintendo and Valve? Like, will this be like the, the new Game Gear and Game Boy? Uh, sort of competition will this be the the uh, the PSP and the DS uh, competition that we once saw I think it depends um it really depends on how many people like are excited to pick this up and actually be using it to play like their computer games on I know like at least from at least when I've read like online a lot of the com- like people that play PC games enjoy just using it on the PC and I don't know how much they'd be willing to play it on the go and usually when you have like an actual console, then you're kind of limited on specs until another version is released. You can't just say like, oh, I'm going to upgrade like to double the RAM or something. It's, you can't really do that with any home console, like Nintendo included. So it just really has to see if people are looking to actually play those games on the go, if they're going to be trying to take a chunk out of the market. Nintendo's already got like a huge like library of games and people already know what to expect from their history. So it almost seems like this can be like a <coughs> DS versus PSP kind of thing where mm. Sony thought mm. they could come in with like a shinier <coughs> new thing and people just really like the older graphics, even though they weren't top notch. So I kind of see that situation coming in. I also don't know how Nintendo feels about not having like a actual like card slot. Um, because if this does take off, then Nintendo will be like, hey, well, they're already got digital only and you just need an account. Why are we making physical media anymore? Why don't we mm. join the clubs kind of thing? So mm. that's another thing that can be very scary for at least definitely to Barry, I know. So 
Yeah, loves yeah, his, yeah. Uh, physical if games. If the Steam Deck does well, Nintendo might might instead of like making their system better, they may go, oh well, we need to eliminate that card slot as well. Now, Nintendo's not um, not one for like falling in line with with that sort of thing before. They stuck with cartridges when everybody else went to discs. They yeah. they did all these different things. So I don't think that will happen. But you do bring up an interesting you, point there. You you also have to remember though with physical media is is one aspect that a lot of people don't focus on and that is they have retail partnership deals and retail partnership allows them to get these games in store shelves and these stores want these games in store shelves because they take up they take up room but they also sell people go to walmart target you know best buy just to pick up games and that's the relationship they have if you suddenly say well my system is no longer going to have physical media yeah they might have those little cards but those cards aren't the same thing because you could just buy those cards. You could download the games anyways. You don't need to go to the store. They want people in the store because, hey, you got a Target and you're going to buy the new Switch game. Oh, but you may also need milk or you may also need, need a new blanket or you may find some new clothes or whatever. You can buy other things. That's the whole point of the these big box retail stores. Even Best Buy. Oh, well, maybe I'll buy something else You know, while I'm here. Um, that's they don't want to, those retail stores don't want to lose that and those retail stores are big and those contracts are big so nintendo doesn't want to piss off any of those stores and of course gamestop uh included in that as well so with, as long as those deals exist i don't see them going away from physical media now that's not to say that the switch 2 might not have two models a physical model and a digital only model like microsoft and sony did that's a possibility but yeah. Getting rid of physical media, absolutely, and I would be I would be very shocked if the Switch 2, whatever it is, does not either either uses the same style cards, uh, maybe more powerful, like the 3DS was a different card, but it also played DS cards, or it contained a slot for Switch games and was backwards compatible with physical Switch games because the physical media on Switch has sold like gangbusters. Yeah. And they absolutely want to hold on to that. They absolutely want to keep that that market happy. They yeah. don't want to Nintendo doesn't want to alienate anybody. That's never good business. And like Greg, you said earlier about how when you put something like on only on the new 3DS or only on the DSI, you alienate all the elder people that don't have the upgrade. And you're a hundred percent right on that. And that's why it very rarely happens. And all the only games that do it have no choice. They just mm -hmm. do not run on the older software. DSi, they needed a camera, which the DS did not have. Or the new 3DS, the game just did not run well on the original, and they needed the extra power. There were exceptions, of course. They do not want to alienate people, just like they don't want to alienate the big box stores. Mm -hmm. So I definitely do not see them going away from physical media. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. But it is interesting, too. Like uh, I didn't really think about that, but... Um... When I picked up my new Xbox, um, I got a Series S, and I I got it because it was available, and I knew that I really wanted something that could run the games I wanted to play a little faster. And I forgot that it didn't have a cartridge slot or a a disc slot at all. I got it home. I was like, oh, right. Well, I guess I'm not getting rid of my uh, my Series S or my uh, Xbox One S because like I still want to play those games and I want to play it on that. So that's. That's now my Blu-ray player on my main TV, um, and uh, the Series S is just strictly a Rocket League system um, right now. But um, anyway, but uh, but it is interesting to bring up, like, yeah, maybe the next Switch or whatever it's called will have two different versions, just like Microsoft and Sony have, have went that direction. 
Um, I'm interested in the price, though. This price point, I mean, unless you want, like, like, let's be honest, we're Nintendo, it's cool you doubled the size of your hard drive or your SSD and the Switch to 64 gigs, but that's really not that big. And so if you're going to get a 64 gig in the, the Steam Deck, you're only paying $50 more. So you're up to 400 bucks. But like you said, a lot of those games are big. Unless you just want to buy a bunch of indie games that are small, you start putting some bigger games on there, it's going to fill up pretty quick. So you need to jump up to a bigger hard drive space or an SSD on there. And it, that price starts getting high. Are yeah. people actually going to buy this for, I mean, 800p uh, resolution? It's just slightly better than what the Switch can put out in handheld handheld mode. Like that that price is that's pretty high. And if it if you think it like I want to know your thoughts on the price, but also in its connection to to Switch. Like, will Switch have to jump up that high in order to get 4K support and better frame rates and all that stuff if they do jump, like, that high? Is that, like, I don't know. Because because Steam is is doing it, and they're not even that much better than the Switch. If Switch is going to jump that high, are we talking, like, a five dollars $600 Switch Pro? I don't know. Barry, what do you think? I mean, they could, um, because Nintendo does like to make money in their systems. But I do think... If you think about it, Steam is, is... What they're doing with the Steam Deck is they're putting out all three models at once. They do, And the, the difference is size, memory size mainly. Uh, think about the Switch. They put up their models in iterations. So even now, they're like, you can get the Switch OLED for 350 but if you don't want that, you can go and get the, the regular Switch or you can get the Switch Lite. And I think that's something they may do. They may say, here's the Switch 2 for the early adapters, and it is $500, but don't worry, because we're going to do exactly what Sony and Microsoft did, and for the next two or three years, all our games are still going to go to the Switch as well as the Switch 2. And therefore, you know, you don't have to upgrade if you don't want to. Third party will probably be different, you know, like, oh, we're going to put, you know, a new Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto or Madden or, or some, maybe they'll get some of those franchises back on, on Nintendo and be able to say, okay, we're, we need that extra power switch to exclusive. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if you just want to play your switch for Nintendo games or for indie games, you don't need a reason to go to Switch 2 and 4K and, and you know, all these extra bells and whistles and 500 bucks. Your regular Switch would continue to do so. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Greg, what do you think? At least in terms of the price point, I think Nintendo has always been very careful to keep it around like that 200 to $300 mark. Um, they obviously had opportunities to make it much higher than that but i think they like being that lower price point opportunity so until like i guess the technology is there for for them to make the switch to at like that price range i don't i feel like they i don't think they would just start charging 500 dollars and realize that everyone's still going to buy it i mean there could be still people that buy it but they've always made sure that they're addressing more like casual people that in mind where it's just easier to pick up the system for $300 and then you're just supplementing it with the games mm. instead of paying like $500, not having any games. And then you have to, you're still supplementing that on top of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's usually quite a difference, at least for some people, if they're purchasing a console and that's 
usually why Nintendo is always like that secondary console. So people want the Xbox One X, but then they also have a Switch for the Nintendo games. So like, mm. just it's probably easier to do for on some people's wallets because it's the cheaper entry for getting the Nintendo games. Yeah, yeah, It'd be interesting. Uh, I I'm kind of shocked a little bit too. I like that that they actually jumped the price on the OLED switch that it went to 350 instead of dropping the existing I mean I know switch is still like the reason they probably did it is because the switch is still selling like crazy like they are still flying off the shelves so why drop the price if they're still selling like crazy at full price um but it does make it interesting that like okay all you did was improve the the screen a little bit and you jumped at 50 dollars what's gonna happen when you do make it 4k and better ram and better system and all these different improvements is it going to be 400 is it going to be 450 how much am i going to be paying for this next system now granted if you have to wait till 2023 maybe the price of all those things are going to come down by that point and uh and we're still still talking a 300 dollars system at that point but but it's interesting like the the valve have had had to jump the price up quite a bit to put better components and a little better memory in there i don't know i'm, I'm kind of worried i guess a little bit that nintendo might have to go that same direction if you're wondering about paying uh just now i'm looking on ebay uh for the switch oled um, because you know they're sold out um people have been buying them on ebay for four four fifty five hundred five hundred plus um and these are sold listings so will people pay five hundred dollars for nintendo handheld yes the answer is yes. Will they pay if they'll pay five hundred dollars for a Switch OLED? Would they pay five hundred dollars for one 4K and better specs and as powerful as a, a portable PS5 or at least a PS4 Pro at the bare minimum? Yes. The answer is yes. Will you know Granny Smith over there purchase it for her five-year-old nephew or her grandson or whatever? Probably not. But that's right. okay. They don't need that. You know what the market is for that? The Switch Lite at 199 That works fine for mm. Little Johnny. You're fine. So, yes, I do think people will pay for it, especially Nintendo. They throw Breath of the Wild 2 or a new Zelda or a new Mario at launch. Yeah, no, yeah. no question to ask. Unless they stop caring about overall system sales, which is kind of seems like they have for a while. But, I mean, you're going to sell maybe, let's say, I don't know, what's the, what's the Switch at currently? It's like $80 million, something like that. Yes, yeah, so it's in the 80 okay. million. So you may sell like 40 million at $500. But if you drop that down to $300, we may be talking another 80 million. So I'm sure they're going to try to get to that lower price point because they know that means, you know, multiplied sales. <laughs> but, but like you said, like they're still going to sell the, the old Switch and the Switch Lite and that stuff as well. And I'm sure if there is backward compatibility, those will continue to sell for years to come. The smart thing for them to do is to put out the Switch 2 as powerful as they can make it and let the early adapters who are going to buy Nintendo anyways, who are diehards, they're going to purchase it. You, you're, you don't get casuals buying your system for the most part for the first year or two. Usually the people who are buying it are the people who you know live, breathe, and enjoy video games. You're not going to get the randoms, you know, casual people. <laughs> so all they have to do is put it out for those hardcore and drop the price of all switch models, the light, the regular and the OLED by $50 or so. And, and there you go. The, the hardcore are going to go after the, the switch too. And the casuals who haven't picked up a switch at this point 
will say, oh, you know what, 150 for a Switch Lite, or maybe even 99.99. That's I'll I'll go there. You have a fantastic library of Switch games already. There's more than you you could play, and then there's still going to be new games if they if they support it a little longer. You're fine. So the casual gamer, they're they're good at 99.99 or 149.99. They they don't care about the 500 dollars Switch until years down the road. Mm-hmm. They're they're not your target audience. Yeah. So you can actually satisfy both groups. That's true. That's true. Uh, before we wrap up with this, I just want to know, uh, we are a Nintendo-focused podcast, so so looking at the Switch deck, beyond the things that we've talked about already... The Switch deck? That, or, sorry. <laughs> that's what they should do. Uh, the Steam deck. Um, I did what I... Completely different than what I thought earlier. Um, but uh, looking at the Steam Deck, other than the things that we've talked about already, we went in, you know, have 4K and and all these different things. Is there anything new that you guys see in in this product that you hope Nintendo takes and and puts or implements or improves upon in the next Switch? Greg, you see anything that you really like that the Nintendo should include? I really like those extra buttons. Um, I don't know how comfortable it is in their position, but usually more buttons is good because then you can always map them to want your hand to touch certain buttons. So if you want to be able to just play with like your left hand while you're doing something with your right, then you should be able to still have access to a number of those control options if that's how you want to play. So I'm always down for extra programmable buttons, at least for the most part. Nice, nice. Uh, speaking as someone who has tried uh, some of those extra controllers, um, the placement is a pain in the butt because um, you accidentally hit them whenever you squeeze the controller. However, I like the idea of them. <laughs> they just need to implement them better, um, not right where you hit them whenever you squeeze the com- the controller. But love it. Uh, looks like uh, Jakester agrees with you in the chat. Um, he'd also like the the programmable programmable buttons. That's difficult to say. Uh, Barry, what do you think? Uh, I, I also echo that. Um, like I said, you can get the Hori Split Pad Pro, and you can get a programmable button on each side. Uh, so you can actually do that now with the Switch, if that's something you're interested. It also has Turbo. So like, if you're trying to like swim in Animal Crossing and it's a pain in the butt, you can just hit that and you know go. So um, I do recommend those. They're very comfortable. Um, the In addition to that, Obviously, more power. I would definitely like uh, more internal storage space. Um, I do think that Nintendo still is banking on the SD cards to keep the cost down, and I get that. But I'd like to see them put some more internal. They're slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see see them do more internal. Solid state would be fantastic, but at least more internal, and. Uh, yeah, that's that's the main thing. I don't know about the touchpads. I don't know how those would really work. I don't think they're really needed. Um, they both have touchscreens anyway. Um, they advertise on the the uh, Steam Deck that they're full analog sticks. Both of them are full analog sticks. Um, so maybe bigger analog sticks, the full-size ones for the, the Joy-Cons. That would be pretty cool. Um, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, I need to look into the buttons. I didn't realize um, looking at the analog sticks. I I want full analog triggers on the next Switch. I don't know how yeah. that will work out with backward compatibility. That's for Nintendo to figure out and all the developers and everything. But I feel like there's there's something you can do about that. Um, but I want that. Um, 
and uh, yeah, the other things you guys have said as well. I forgot to check: is the the Steam Deck is it OLED or is it LCD screen? Or have I they didn't said? remember. I, I I don't don't know if they said or not. I don't think it is. Interesting. I think it might be LCD. Okay. Not that LCD is bad, but uh, no. but OLED is definitely better. Um, it's, I, I still find it's interesting that they that they jumped there, but you know they needed that maybe they just felt like they needed to, and they found some inexpensive <laughs> OLED screens. I don't know, um, but uh, but that's pretty cool. At seven inches, Shows the Vita I know, was ahead of its time too. <laughs> there you go. Well, at seven inches too, I know that like Apple and and like Google and Samsung, all of them have have. Just, hesitated to even stick OLED in tablets yet because it is expensive at that big of a screen. But Nintendo's making that jump, so that's that's interesting um, and really exciting for the future because I would assume Switch Pro, Switch 2, whatever it is, is definitely going to have OLED. They're not going to go back. So no. that's, that's exciting. And hopefully at least um, 1080p. I was going to say, I found in the specs of the Steam Deck, it does say LCD touchscreen. Okay, okay. So there you go. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think about uh, all this, uh, these two new consoles, um, what you think about the two, how they're going to compete against each other. Uh, Let us know in the live chat or also in the comments uh, after the fact. If you're listening to the podcast, we'd still love to know your thoughts. Hit us up on social media or join our Discord. Uh, Let us know what you guys think there. Uh, But uh, that's, that's our big news tonight. But we do have several other headlines to to run through. Um, so I'm just going to, we're just all just going to take turns as we do uh, usually and uh, run through several <coughs> different headlines. And I'm going to kick us off actually uh, with a brand new one that just, just dropped as we're recording. And that is the, we have new, new, new NES and SNES games coming to switch online. Um, and uh, yeah, nothing really exciting. But uh, hey, we have new games. Um, <laughs> so uh, the the new games for SNES are Claymates, Jelly Boy, and Bamboozle. And the one new, uh, actually, are there any new NES games? No, I think I, it's just. I assumed it was NES as well because it's usually three and one, but it looks like it's just three SNES games. So that's really interesting. Um, but uh, those will be uh, dropping very soon on your uh, Nintendo Switch online service. So uh, in the disgustingness that is the video game collecting market and the uh, the wonderful shills with Heritage Auction going on, it seems that there has been a new record hit. A copy of Super Mario 64 sealed has sold at auction for $1.5 million. Barry, did this you is it? disgusting. <laughs> I did not. This, this, this is just disgusting. That is not a rare game at all. Uh, previously, the record was just held on July 9th, which was Legend of Zelda uh, CI, or, or brand new in, you know, for 870000 And prior to that, it was NES uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, back in April. Brand new for six hundred and sixty thousand. This is disgusting. This is just the rich uh, elite coming in and just screwing with the market and making the price of everything go up. Uh, Super Mario sixty four is nowhere near worth that price. I mean, stadium events I could understand because there, there's very few copies of it out there, but there's plenty of Super Mario sixty fours, and I'm sure there's you know plenty that are still sealed. 
uh, at this point, but it was a 9.8 graded. And uh, it says there, there's less than five known copies in this condition, but those are known copies. There are other copies, I'm sure. It's Super Mario 64. If anyone bought an N64, they got that game. So, it, you know, there's got to be some new ones still sealed. They produced a lot. This is disgusting. I hate I hate this. I actually don't have a copy of Mario 64. You, you, <laughs> you are a sad human being. What can I tell you? All right. So, Access Games is going to present a digital showcase on August 6th. So, they pretty much are going to do like an all-access event just to kind of reveal some upcoming projects. So they have like Rico London that has for like games coming for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Blazing Strike has PS4, PS5, PC, Undernauts, PS4, Switch Xbox One. Well. Yep. NSWU oh, is Switch. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that was yeah, Switch. Yep. <laughs> I didn't realize they were abbreviating that one. So pretty much there's a big wide variety of games that they'll be showing at the show. So if you want to learn more about those games, be sure to tune in on August 6th. Nice. Uh, we actually have uh, new information uh, coming out of Japan. And uh, if you're watching the live version, uh, if you can translate that, be awesome. Uh, but I've, I've actually got it translated already over on the uh Nintendo Japan site. Thanks to Google Translate, we know that if, uh, if you have a 3DS or a Wii U, uh, as of January 18th, 2022, so you still have a few months, but as of that day at 9 a.m., uh, they're no longer going to be accepting credit cards and electronic money for transactions on the eShop for uh, Wii U and 3DS in Japan. We haven't heard anything else uh, from any more anywhere else yet, but Japan, at least, January 18th is your last day to uh, actually use electronic payments on the eShop. So if you remember last month, uh, something happened. It was called E3. It was a big gaming show. A lot of great games announced. Uh, but there was one very notable one missing, uh, which was EA. And that's because they're doing their EA Play Live a month later. They're doing it in July. In fact, they're doing it tomorrow, oh, two days from now, just in two days on Thursday, uh, July 22nd. Uh, the pre-show starts at 10 a.m. Pacific, so that is 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, no idea what they'll show this time, but, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some surprises. Maybe we'll see some more EA support on Switch, or maybe it'll be a colossal waste of time. I don't know. We'll find out. Most likely. We'll find out. So um, Pokemon Unite was going to be coming out in just uh, actually tomorrow, 7.21, if you're listening to it today or probably already out if you're listening to it after the fact. But pretty much it's going to be a new strategic game that's five on five battles. So you could battle in style, take the field with your best uh, hollow gear, and you can use Unite moves to unleash true power of your Pokemon um, you can rank up with to show how good you are in some ranked battles, and communication is key. So there's trainers recognize how important communication is for their success. You can use signals, quick chat messages, and for the first time ever, voice chat. I don't know why that's a new feature this day and for Pokemon, but 
now introducing voice chat without uh, <laughs> having to insert 15 cords and wires into your smartphone and all that fun jazz. So also you can, there's cross platform play to play with uh, trainers around the world on also a compatible smartphone device. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see if that cross platform also includes voice chat and how they're doing mm. that. That's what I want to know. Um, but I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Um, my guess is they're not going to do voice chat across platform, but, um, we'll see, I guess, cause this is interesting. Um, yeah, Barry, any, any further thoughts about any of those stories? Um, uh, Pokemon Unite, I, I pre pre-purchased it, you know, so you can, it, it's already downloaded on my system, but, uh, I don't know if I'll have time to play it anytime soon, but I figured I'd, I'd give it a shot to at least try it. And I'm excited to hear, uh, how people are uh, going to like it. Uh, it seems a lot of positivity uh, when I tweeted out. A lot of people said that they were looking forward to it. So I'm happy about that. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, what Axis announces at the All Axis. They've been very big with supporting the Switch, and I like a lot of their games. Uh, what I'm really hoping is if they announce that Tokyo Xanadu <laughs> EX Plus gets ported to the Switch, because that is a game that is unfortunately overshadowed and more people should play it. And it's surprising that the Switch doesn't have it yet, but they would actually have to do the porting themselves. So hopefully they do. And, uh, you know, EA Play Live, um, you know, in just a couple days, I guess. Uh, I, I'm, ho I'm, I'm going in prepared to be disappointed, but I hope I'm not. I hope they come out uh, with some cool stuff. And, and as for the Nintendo stop, you know, stopping uh, credit cards, uh, one more reason to go physical, baby. That's all I got to say, right? <laughs> nice. Greg, any thoughts? Yeah, I had a few things on a number of the articles. So in regards to that sealed Mario 64 copy, it seems like the company that's been selling these is might be some, under some trouble because I've watched on some other channels saying like they're they have like some um people that kind of try to bid up the price to make it up a lot higher than it should be. So like some of their employees. So that don't get too eager to just go find a sealed copy of 64 and just go list it for a million dollars. It's probably not likely to get that and it was probably fabricated for that particular article. In terms of like the Nintendo Japan coverage that's starting to sound like it's going to be the doom and gloom of cutting off other Wii U and 3DS services as the Switch is mainstream. So I was hoping to discuss more in depth, but obviously this is more of a headline. So it kind of seems to be to me that uh, those two will be on the falling out end of it. And I believe Europe already has done this in 2019. I saw some other people commenting about that. So I don't know what the status is for Americas and some other regions. So maybe we're next on the chopping block. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those were the main two things. I was provide further comments. Hopefully EA does come up with new mm -hmm. games, but... If it's anything like the EA that we know, it's going to be like, oh, here's uh, FIFA 22. We just copied uh, FIFA edition. 20. Oh, they've already announced then... that. Oh. Yeah. The, new, the new FIFA's already been announced for Switch and it's Legacy Edition again. Stupid. We just we just copied that t version 20 that we did for 21 and maybe... No. Copying 17. But they're still oh, doing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. The last one they made for Wii U. Actually, it may be it may be longer than that. I don't know. It's still, it's, it's awful. No, um, the last one they made for Wii U was like 15, I think. Yeah, 15. Well, like last, 
yeah, because I, I, I don't think any of the ones, no, I think 16 or 17, was it 17? Maybe 16 I think was, was the never last on a Nintendo system. I think it was 17 then was the last new one. And then it's been legacy editions ever since then. I, I thought 18, I thought maybe 18 it was 18. Was... Yeah, but it's, it's been it's been a while. It's further than 20, I know that. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, because I, I actually write that in my catalog. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, it's under E. They also put their stupid there. So uh, FIFA 19 was not Legacy. Okay. Legacy was only 20 and 21, so FIFA 19 was the last one. Wow, I'm actually a little shocked. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I also heard that they're not going to be t- telling about any like Star Wars stuff or something like that too. So I got super low expectations for for EA. Um, anything that that actually sells, they're not talking about it. Um, <laughs> like FIFA, Star Wars. No, we're gonna, we're going to talk about other stuff. Um, and then uh, kind of disappointed about the the new online Switch Online games. Um, not only is it just SNES, it's like I don't really know about those games and. I'll yeah. check them out. They're free, but like, I know Jakester's already over there, so they can like, where's Earthbound? Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm jumping on board with you now, man. Um, and then, uh, yeah, pretty much everything else. Um, I'll want to check out Pokemon Unite because it's free. Um, I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm really interested to to check out the uh, cross cross platform play and the voice, the brand new voice chat, and uh, <laughs> see how all those things go. To um, don't have to wait too long. So uh, that'd be out soon uh just a quick reminder before we jump into announcing some more of the winners for play nyc tickets um and talk about what games are coming out over the next couple weeks uh we do want to remind you to follow us on social media if you have not done so yet at nintendo fuse on twitter instagram and facebook also be sure to join us on discord link is on the screen but also in our show notes and on the youtube description we would love to uh to have you guys just jump in those uh places and uh join in the conversation Love to hear your thoughts and uh, continue to grow this community. Also, be sure to, to uh, share it with other people out there that also enjoy Nintendo games or just video games in general. We uh, we absolutely love having you guys jump in. And uh, <laughs> sorry, Jakester, he said he's lost hope for Earthbound. Um, I I feel you. I understand. Uh, but uh, let's let's give away some more tickets, Barry. Absolutely. So for those of you that are just joining in that haven't heard of this again quickly, uh, Play NYC will be this August uh, 7th and 8th in Manhattan. And a video game show, a ton of fun, and we've got some tickets to give away. If you don't win and you are interested in purchasing tickets yourself because you just want to go, the show is great. When you purchase your tickets, use the code FUSE40, no, no space or anything, just FUSE40, and you'll get 40% off your tickets so thank you again to Playcrafting and uh, everybody there for being so generous to allow us to do this giveaway. And uh, let's give out the other seven Pro Pass tickets. These are Saturday, Sunday tickets with an after party on Saturday, $100 value. Um, so they go to Soundwaves at Paw Print Ticket, uh, Emmanuel Perez at Balthazar86, Don't Worry at... American 39, Jared Krinsky at Jared Krinsky, Lonnie at Brightside, uh, Brightest Days, uh, Sir Liam the Legend at Sir Liam the Le- uh, Liege 1, it looks like. 
I probably butchered that. Mm -hmm. And finally, Frankenstein Gaming at Fstein underscore gaming. Congratulations to you remaining seven and to all 15 of our winners of this amazing, amazing giveaway. So make sure to send the DM to Nintendo Fuse's Twitter, and we will tell you how to get your tickets. Yeah. Um, we hopefully we have uh, followed you all back um, so you can DM us uh, if not just uh, add us and uh, we'll make sure to to follow you so that you can actually send that uh, DM to us and we can uh, communicate there we'll send you that code um, thanks again to uh, to Dan and the whole play crafting crew over there uh, for supplying these tickets and also if you have not checked out Barry's uh, 2021 interview of Dan Butchko. Uh, be sure to head over to Nintendo Fuse on uh, YouTube to check out his industry talk uh, interview with Dan. And uh, you can check out the previous interviews as well, but especially this one as he talks all about 2021 events. Uh, so let's jump into talking about what's coming out over the next couple weeks before our next podcast. Uh, next podcast is going to be on August 17th. Uh, so two weeks from today. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've got a few games coming out over over the next couple of weeks. Not not a huge list of games, but there are some significant ones on the list uh, for sure. I mean, we got games like uh, Pokemon Unite, which we've already talked about. Also, Samurai Warriors 5 is coming out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Neo, The World Ends With You. Uh, the Great uh, Ace Attorney Chronicles. Uh, Blaster Master Zero Three, all coming out. Um, and uh, as as usual, we're gonna scroll those games uh, from the Nintendo website on the screen right now. But uh, as they're scrolling, as you guys are looking through those, what uh, what games are coming out soon that you are hoping to uh, to play or eventually play? What, what games are you excited about, Barry? I'm really looking forward to Neo: The World Ends with You. Uh, I did the uh, the first one earlier this year, and I plan to play the second one this year. Though I'll probably play it on PS4, uh, like I mentioned. Just if I'm going to play it docked, I might as well play it a little faster and better. Uh, problem is, is that I'm still doing uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 and Scarlet Nexus. So even if it comes in, I, I like no, I have to finish these at least. At least uh, Monster and Stories 2, or, or actually it doesn't matter, one of them, at least one of them before I jump in. And uh, yeah, like I'm behind where I want to be, and it doesn't help that I've got, you know, a lot of other, I total first world problem, have other games to play uh, for work. Um, but but it's uh, definitely something, that that's the main one that I'm going for. And again, Pokemon Unite, uh, I might give that a try. Um, there's some great games though. Great Ace Attorney Chronicles is one that I, I do want to get into the Ace Attorney games. Uh, I like the Duncan Rampa and they're similar. And Darius Burst is a great shmup. Uh, so there's, there's some really cool things. And as you're scrolling through, I see Io the Clown there, uh, which is coming out. Fun fact about Io the Clown, uh, I actually played that game. I played that in 2019 at Play NYC. Uh, the developer was there, and I got to play and, and talk about it. And at the time, I believe it was just, uh, it might have been just PC or maybe possibly Switch. And I was talking to him. I was pretty sure bring this to Switch. This would be a good fit. So it's great to see it finally coming out uh, on the Switch. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's, that's really great to see like all those games that you got a chance to play over the last few years at Play NYC and, and start to see them rolling out. Um, that's, that's one of the best things, uh, like I said, check out, uh, Barry's interview with Dan, but so many, 
indie developers there at, at Play NYC. It's a huge thing that Playcrafting is is all about is uh, kind of training the next generation of of game developers, uh, which is really awesome now to see these guys uh, having having their games published. So, Greg, uh, what are you looking forward to over the next couple of weeks? I would like to dip into the Blaster Master stuff because that's always sounded interesting. I know the first two are on Switch and kind of interested to check those out. Um, the Ace Attorney stuff I was kind of interested in to see as well. I've never played any of those, so the collection kind of looks good there. But, yeah, there's just way too many games and not enough time. I mean, there's a number of these that sound really good, but I'm not itching to pick up a brand new one right this moment because I am feel like I'm finally at a point where I'm knocking away games off the backlog. I knocked off Odyssey and Origami King this year, so, like, there's going to be some other ones I can finally get to, like Hyrule Warriors, uh, Age of Calamity, and some other ones on my list. Yeah, yeah. I just realized that I, I was looking at the wrong outline. Um, our next podcast is not August 17th. It's it's August 3rd. Um, so yeah. <laughs> heads up, I, uh, I was looking at the wrong outline. I was looking at next next month's outline, um, or next episode's outline. So, uh, yeah, funny enough, all the changes that I made during the show, you guys probably didn't see it because you were looking at the right one. Um, but, uh, yeah, next op- episode is August 3rd, so you don't have to wait four weeks. It's just two weeks from today. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think of the, the games that are coming out, I, I'm just glancing through the list one more time. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that, uh, that I'm definitely looking forward to just checking out, it's free, um, is Pokemon Unite. Um, at some point, I may end up trying to get one of the, the Samurai Warriors games just because I really enjoy the Hyrule Warriors um, games. I've, I think I've tried one of the Samurai Warriors games in the past, but I can't remember if it has been. It's been so long ago. Um, so I, I probably won't jump into five, but I, I may eventually, you know, try to hit an older one at, at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really jumps off uh, to me over the next couple of weeks, which is really good because I do have a backlog um, that I need to start working through. I've got uh, Age of Calamity done, um, so that's that's nice. Uh, I can not mark that off the list and and continue moving on. Um, I know we got some other possible reviews and. Next, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> really X, X, Xenoblade X. I got to finish as well, uh, before I go buy Xenoblade 2 and, and yeah, play we it. Do, we we do have quite a bit of reviews already. Yeah. yeah. So we got, we got several reviews and, and game chats coming up in future episodes and everything. So make sure you guys are subscribed for sure. Uh, so you can catch all those, uh, when they go live. Um, I think that's it. Like again, uh, ignore what I said earlier about the next podcast on, uh, August 17th or whatever day it was. It's actually August 3rd. Um, so just a couple weeks from today, uh, Barry, what's, what's going on in your life over the next couple weeks, uh, that you want to talk about before we, uh, before we wrap up? Uh, well, right now it's a little quiet, uh, over on the premium side because our pre-orders closed. They closed, uh, on the 15th. So if you did not get a chance to get your Robot Name Fight or Demons Tier Plus physical pre-orders in uh, any any copies we do have will go on sale uh, when we have them in hand, but there's no guarantees. Uh, I don't, don't have everything fully confirmed yet, but it looks like, uh, and I'll talk about it more as it gets closer, but it looks like I will be going to uh, too many games in October, and uh, there's a Connecticut retro gaming show in uh, November. 
So uh, if you live there in, in, in those areas in Philly or Connecticut or, or you're going to be going to those shows, uh, you know, feel free to come by and, and stay hi say hi. Um, because I'll be at the premium booth. Uh, we'll be we're having a booth there. So it'll be great to to meet people in the community. And I was looking forward to that. But otherwise, just the quiet, quiet front, just the, the Switch Mania Playcast, and of course, Nintendo Fuse. Cool, cool. Uh, they they named the uh, Too Many Games um, uh, event after after you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> uh, Greg, what are you going to be up to over the next few weeks until until our next podcast? Well, I gotta decide what my next uh, project game is gonna be to knock off the backlog. I mean, I'm hoping to finally start Phoenix Immortals and get back into Age of Calamity. Hopefully, soon start working through those. So, um, earlier today, I just did get a new iPhone, so that's always fun there. So, I'll be having fun getting all that set up. Nice. That's pretty much about it. Nice, nice. And uh, I think you get like six months free of Apple. Uh, arcade as well so maybe you can play some games in there at least that's what i got with my ipad so we'll see nice well uh be sure to of course like we said follow us on social media follow us on all of those uh those different uh, platforms out there especially join our discord um we absolutely love you guys uh joining in the conversation there on discord um but uh I think that brings episode 233 to an end. Episode 234 will be coming at you live on August 3rd. Uh, we hope to see you there in the live chat room. If you've never joined us live, we would absolutely love to, to see you there. It's a great time to, uh, to interact with us throughout the entire show. Lots of people talking in the chat tonight. Um, and uh, we refer to it a lot, but there's so much other going on in the chat. It was hard to keep up with that. And we had some really good discussion uh, around uh, these new systems too. So we apologize if we missed what you said tonight. Um, I promise I saw it. I just, uh, we just didn't have the time to refer to everything there. But uh, yeah, we had some new people in there. Natalie joined us as well. And I'm pretty sure her friend was also one of the ones that won another ticket. So congratulations to all our winners. Uh, Again, we're going to be contacting you. Uh, we'll put the the winners in our show notes and the YouTube description as well. If you just want to check that a little bit later, um, we'll have all those listed there. And we'll be getting in contact with you. You contact us. We'll figure all those out and get you those uh, those discount codes so you can go to Play NYC 2021 for free. Um, and if you didn't win, of course, use Fuse40 for 40% uh, off your tickets. Uh, I think that's about it. So... It's the end of episode 233 until we see you all and talk to you all again in episode 234. Happy gaming, everybody.